Welcome to the Freedom Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are investing in your relationship with the Lord by listening to this message. Check out our YouTube channel for a complete log of all of our sermons. If you would like to know more about FC, visit our website at www.freedomfamily.us. God bless and remember that the best is yet to come. Going through the Ten Commandments. The first one is, is that we're to not have any other gods before God, right? That's the first one. The second one is to not to have any kind of idols, that is, graven images. Last week we talked about not to use the Lord's name in vain, or that is, not to misuse the Lord's name. Okay, got a question. How many of you heard somebody misuse the Lord's name this past week? Raise your hand. Okay, my challenge is to you, you got to get that bar of soap and you got to put it in your pocket. Next time you're around them this week, say, my pastor said open up. <laughs> yeah, no, don't do that, don't do that. They'll be, they'll be doing like one guy come over here to the church, going to beat me up one time. And because uh, I was preaching on purity and, and, his, and the, uh, all I'll say is the milk truck left the house and uh, he didn't like it. He come to beat me up. So I don't want your friends beating me up over a bar of soap, okay? So anyway, with that being said, hey... Today we move into the fourth commandment. We're talking about God's holy day. So I remember distinctively growing up with my kids, you know, and by raising my children. I have three daughters. Now, how many of you uh, here have daughters? Raise your hand. Yes. Daughters are a little bit more, in my opinion, they're a little bit harder to get ready than boys. Would you agree with me on that? Amen. You know, all you got to do is just throw a little spit on the boy's hair and you're good. Well, girls, a little bit different. So there was a period of time that in the church that my wife and I got married in and we started going there. I was the adult Sunday school teacher and we had to get the kids ready and get them all ready in their frilly dresses and bows and all that good stuff. And I remember showing up at the church and getting ready to go up and teach Sunday school and I went up there and I had to tell the church, I can't find my Bible in my Sunday school book. I couldn't. And then I remembered, I said, I think I told them, they're all sitting out in the main area of the church, you know. I told them, I said, I think I set it on top of the car. I said, y'all wait right here. I'm going to go see if I can find it. So I go out and I get in my car and I drive back toward our house. And about halfway home, where was my Bible and my book? In the middle of the road. Nobody was interested in the word of God. You know, it was right there in the road. And so I guess it was God was preserving this lesson and his word for me. So I got it and I come back. They're all sitting there very stoic waiting on me to get there to start the class. <laughs> because it's tough getting little girls ready and getting ready to get to, to church. How many of you sometimes find it tough getting ready to get to church? Raise your hand. Yes. Being, thank you for being honest. Because on Sunday morning, the devil likes to do this when you're sleeping and say, just rest. God said rest. It's what the devil does. See, he'll tell you part of a lie and part of the truth, which will equal disaster in your life if you listen to him. But anyway, yeah, sometimes it's tough getting to church. And, and so today as we talk about this commandment here, we're going to talk about the big deal about the Sabbath. What's so special about this day? Look at Exodus 20 and verse 8. It says, remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it what? What's that word? Shout it out. Keep it holy. You know, I grew up in a time in church, and I grew up north of here in Portland, where I grew up. I remember growing up, and it was a really holy day because nothing was open. I mean, nothing. And when I was a little kid, you would always hear the adults talking about adult stuff, and we always wanted to listen, right? I remember when Dairy Queen first opened 
after noon, after lunch, noontime on Sunday. It opened up and there was all this chatter about how it wasn't right and they shouldn't be doing that. But all those same adults were going to Dairy Queen and getting a, a chocolate dip cone. You know, what a, you know, what do they call that? A hippo? Crit. Oh, <laughs> you knew what it was. Anyway, nothing was open, you know. It was just, it was shut down. And as now, it's like 24-7, 365. I got a lot of memories growing up in church. I remember being in church, and that's what we did. We, we knew what Sunday was. We went to church. There was no other discussion. I remember, though, there was times I was bad in church. I remember one time, my dad chasing me down the aisle while we're having church with a switch, swatting me with a switch going down the aisle, trying to get me, you know, because I was so bad in church, you know. I remember distinctly my brother one time. Somebody told him that if you'll take a firecracker and you'll take and clench the fuse between your fingernails, it'll stop there if you light it and it won't pop. You know where I'm going. So he decided that he wanted to do this at church, out in what we call the vestibule out there. So what the, is that right? The vestibule. I don't know where they got that word, but, it's, but it, I call it the lobby now. But anyway, so he decided, so he puts it between his fingers and he likes it. What do y'all think happened when he got to his fingernails here? He threw it down. We thought somebody shot somebody in the church. I was in the main area of the church. We thought somebody just got shot out there in the vestibule. <laughs> but it was my brother shooting a firecracker off, thinking he could stop it with his fingernails. I remember on Sundays, it was a, Sundays was a great day for me. Because my grandfather, what I always, I could go up to him. My grandfather was six foot four, about a 250, 75 pound man. I'd always go up and say, Grandpa, will you give me a dollar? And he'd break out a dollar and give it to me. And man, a dollar back then was like 20 now, those of you that know what I'm talking about. And it was really cool. But not only that, I remember so many times of going to church. And I'll say, Grandpa, can I go home with you? And you say, why do you want, you know, you're wondering, why do you want to go home with my granddaddy? He had two Cessna airplanes. He had a little airstrip of his own. So I'd go home with granddad after church. And he would take me flying. And we could see the expanse beauty of God's creation. And enjoy that. And I'd take that dollar and we'd land at this particular airstrip. And I'd go in there and get me a Coke with my dollar. And we'd take off from there and go to another airstrip and land and see different ones that he knew. But a lot of great memories of Sunday and time spent on God's holy day. This day is not about a bunch of do's and don'ts. It's simply God saying to you and I to stop working and start worshiping. Stop pursuing all that vocational stuff that we do and begin to pursue God. God says, pursue me. Quit ditching my day. God's command to us is to be able to worship him with a portion of our finances on this day. And he commands us to worship him at least one day out of seven. You see, the first case of this came along not, after the, not long after the Ten Commandments had been given. One day a Jewish man decided he was going to go out on the Sabbath day. And he was going to gather some sticks for a fire. Well, there's nothing wrong with that except that he did it on the Sabbath day. And so he was spotted doing this. And when he was, he was confined to his quarters until Moses could consult with God about it. And God said, the man must die. So the children of Israel took him outside and the community took him out there and they stoned him to death. If you'd like to read this, it's in... The Old Testament, Numbers chapter 15. 
Imagine the people today that are working right now everywhere if we had to stone them all to death. The population would take a great big dip fast, wouldn't it? thought your punishment from your parents might have been a little bit extreme, but I think that's very extreme what it's talking about here. You look around our culture that we're involved in. The enemy has done a really great job. You must give him credit that he's diagrammed this system to keep us away from church, to keep us away from God's holy day. And, and you think about the sports. Sports, when I was a kid, they even honored Wednesdays. There was no practice on Wednesdays for us. We went to church on Wednesdays. There was not even any talk about practice or sports on Sunday whatsoever. You look at the stores. You look at the malls. You look at the markets that's open right now, not to mention a COVID-19 pandemic that the enemy is using in a grand way to keep people away from his house. It's not cool, people think, to unplug. It's not cool in their minds to go to God's house for worship. It's just not hip anymore. That's that religious thing. And then technology's become a big lie to think that the technology that we lose, that we, that we live by, seems to make our lives less cluttered, cluttered, but that's just not true. Have you heard that? The technology's supposed to keep our lives less cluttered, but yet we have the greatest addiction of this era right here in our pocket. Most every one of us, if not all of us, have one in our pockets. That's a lie, and it's not true. It's not made our lives less cluttered. And everywhere that we go, somebody's on a cell phone. You know what's crazy? When I go to the beach, and you do too, people are out in the ocean with a cell phone. Is that crazy or what? They can't even do with it out long enough to leave it at the beach. They walk out in the water with it. I'm thinking, what an addiction. <laughs> but this is... A principle that we're talking about is so important. We've got to be intentional about God's day to keep it intact. Because God is love and he's concerned about our well-being. He's concerned about giving us direction. And this is the process principle that we stop working and we start worshiping. Every week we stop pursuing what we pursue and we pursue God Almighty. But here's the question. Can this fourth commandment, this Sabbath stuff, really help us well that's what we want to dive into for a little bit let's look at the sabbath specifics for a minute it is a day for our own benefit and you say what do you mean by that look at what jesus said in mark's gospel chapter two he said the sabbath was made to meet the needs of people and not people to meet the requirements of the sabbath isn't that cool there check it out the sabbath was made for me and you not me and you for the Sabbath. It's a time to break away, to think about God, to take inventory in our lives, to stop working and start worshiping. But also a Sabbath specific is this, is that it is a day to build our faith. God gave us this day to help build our faith, whether it's Saturday or Sunday or whatever day you have to take a break. I fully get that there's people that are having to make a living today. I understand that, but there is, needs to be a day that you take a break. And if you're not careful, the break will become at stake and you won't do it. See, our staff here, today's a work day for us. So if I'm not here, it's because i got a vacation day, right? You understand what I'm saying? We work. Unless some of you want to come up here and finish this message, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's, uh, I, I love doing it. Praise God that I'm called to do it. But today is the day. So I take Friday or I take Saturday and, and I rest. And I'll talk more about that more and, and how that, what that looks like. But 
I'm talking about not working. Say not working. Not working. See, it's been said that you, if you work with your mind, you rest with your hands. If you work with your hands, you rest with your mind. And see, God can supernaturally multiply our lives when we give God his due. In the Old Testament, in the book of Deuteronomy, God's chosen people, the Israelites, once again, they're getting real close of getting into the promised land and entering it. And Moses knew the Israelites were going to be very tempted to ditch God's day. He knew they were going to be tempted to work long hours, to do what they could do, to make more and more money. They also knew that the neighboring nations would trash talk the Israelites and say, how can you survive not working one day out of seven with this God thing that you're doing? And remembering the fourth commandment, get this, is great advice because God, here's what he does. He supernaturally multiplies your time. He supernaturally naturally multiplies your resources, multiplies your life and your purpose in life when you stop and honor him. Let's think about the manna motivation here. You think about manna. Manna was a bread-like substance that God would have on the ground for the Israelites to go out and get and to sustain them and give them strength to be able to eat. But he said, hey, children of Israel, you collect that manna daily. But before the Sabbath, they were collecting a whole lot of it. They were stuffing it all in their pockets and where they could and stuffing it all up. And, and it would spoil is what it would do. And every one of the Jews that were greedy, you'd know who they were because they had a stench about them. So God said instituted the Sabbath. And he instituted the Sabbath. Before the resurrection of Christ, it was the seventh, it was the seventh day. And they would collect a double portion of it. And then they weren't to do that. So God said, let me tell you what I'm going to do. You don't collect a double portion. I'm going to miraculously multiply the manna so you'll have enough to be able to eat it on the Sabbath day. You're not going to have to work for it. You're not going to have to collect it. Why is that? Because Exodus 16 and 29, look what it says. It says, they must realize the Sabbath is the Lord's gift to you. You realize this day is a gift from God. God also does the manna thing in our lives when we give him his due, when we give him his day, when we say, God, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to stop working today and I'm going to start worshiping. We do that and God begins to do a work in our lives. Isn't that exciting what God wants to do for each of us? Let's talk about some R&Rs for a minute. What do you mean? Let's talk about how that we need to remember and respond. As people were worshiping God then, the Israelites, we now worship God in the local church. See, the local church is the most important entity in all of the universe. The local church is the hope of the world through Jesus Christ. And this is where God makes his manifold wisdom easy to understand. Where God gives us transforming principles that can change our very lives. That is what the local church is for. God loves the local church. Jesus is up there. Jesus came down the stairway of heaven. He came for the local church. He died for the local church. He arose for the local church. And right now, he is up beside the Father in heaven, and he was batting for the local church. And one day, God, the Father's going to say, come and get the church. Exodus 20 and 10 says, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to playing, uh, playing golf. Is that what it says? No, Sabbath day of rest is dedicated to fishing in a tournament. No, it's dedicated 
to catching up on work. It's dedicated to being lazy or it's dedicated to cleaning. Now, what does it say? It says it's dedicated four words and say it with me. It's dedicated to the Lord your God. Say that with me. The Lord your God. There's nothing wrong with those things I mentioned, but they have their place. We're to go to church because something supernatural happens when people gather together corporately to worship God Almighty. See, corporate worship inspires individual worship from your heart, from your soul, to love on God because God is already loving on us. It says in Psalms 111, it says, praise the Lord. Say that with me. Praise the Lord. I will thank the Lord with all my heart as I meet with his godly people. How amazing are the deeds of the Lord. All who, in, who delight in him should ponder them. Everything he does reveals his glory and majesty. His righteousness never fails. He causes us to remember his wonderful works. How gracious and merciful is our Lord. See, when you give your life to Jesus Christ, you're born again. You have your name in his book in heaven. One day you're going to die unless the Lord comes back and gets us first. And when you get to heaven, I want you to understand that God's going to say to some people, you received me, you got the gift of salvation through my son Jesus Christ, but you didn't do much with it. You just didn't do much with it. Remember, when becoming a Christian, Becoming a Christian is a decision when you're convicted of the Holy Spirit, but after that comes the development. You're to develop as a Christian, to become everything that God created you to be. But some, God is going to say to some people that, you know all these activities in your life, you know all the business you were doing, all the traveling that you were doing, all the work that you were doing, all the sports that you were involved in. You were so busy that you ditched my day and you didn't make church a top priority. I believe that's going to happen to people. You didn't honor my day, and I had some incredible things to say to you, life-changing things to say to you about your marriage, life-changing things to say to you about how to raise your kids and rear them in the ways of the Lord. I had some life-changing things to say to you about your career and the path you're on. I had some life-changing things to say to you about your finances. I had a lot of things to say to you, but you missed it. Don't let that be you. Don't let that be you. Weekly corporate worship isn't to be an option, but it is to be a top priority. If you teach, listen to me, if you teach your kids it's an option, it may not be one at all later. Think about that. Remember you're giving your kids something that money can't touch, something that money cannot buy. Parents, if you model inconsistency, a kind of pick-and-choose lifestyle, you look to see what else is out there that you might do instead of going to church. You're modeling to your kids that God is inconsistent, and you're giving them an inconsistent view of an all-time consistent God and helping them miss out on what God wants to say to them you think about right now I thank God for all of our volunteers that work hard in our staff that's leading our kids ministry right now 
Building Jesus into their life. I thank God for our student ministry, our free ministry, building Jesus into their lives right where they're at. I don't know if you know this, but we even have a special needs ministry, both services right now, special needs called Superstars. And I thank God for them. If you know anybody or you're here that has children that are mentally or physically challenged, this is for them. Let's give God praise that we have these things to build in our kids' lives. And if you would like to serve in those ministries, please just put on the card, I would like to serve. We'll follow up with you. We need all the help that we can get. But listen to me closely. Don't come to me and say, you know what, Pastor, I appreciate you saying these things about church. We may come once or twice a month, but it just these things just don't fit our kids' schedule. Well, I'll guarantee you one thing. You might say it doesn't fit your kid's schedule, but I'll guarantee you Satan's going to find a way and he's going to fit your kid's schedule. You better think long and hard about it. Look what Hebrews 10 and 25 says. It says, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. How many of you will raise your hand and say you like encouragement? I'm gonna raise my hand, I'm gonna raise both of them and say I love encouragement because I don't know about you, but when you go out there and you get ready for Monday, it gets to be discouraging, doesn't it? You know, you go in and you see some of those people that get under your, get under your, your, your skin at work and you just wanna choke them in the name of Jesus. You know what I'm saying? They get on your nerves. You know exactly what I'm saying. But, you know, you face a rough week, and, and that's the thing about it. We want to give you encouragement here. We don't want to be the some people that miss the meeting, especially the day of the Lord's return is drawing near. You know, I like to go to the ocean every summer pretty well. We've been going to the ocean for as long as I can remember. How many of you like the ocean? Raise your hand. I love it. But, man, I go out there and get in the ocean. We sit up on the beach, and I'm out there playing, and I'm having a big time. And next thing you know, I look up at the ocean, and they've changed our pop-up tent. Everybody looks different, and they've changed clothes. And I'm waving at them, and they're looking at me like I'm weird. And then I realize those are not my people. And I realize my people is way back up yonder. And what happened? In the ocean, you do what? You drift. And that's exactly what happens to God's people when they ditch God's day. They drift away from God's day. See, that's what happened to a lot of people in this pandemic. They drifted away from God's day. They, did, they didn't come back yet. They didn't come back yet, see. That's what can happen to anyone. You drift. You make worship at God's house a priority or you will drift. How many of you have had times in your life, whether it's today or another Sunday, that you started not to come because it was so chaotic in your house on Sunday morning, but you pushed through and you came and then you were glad you did. Raise your hand. I think that's all of us in the house today. There are times that you are going to be prevented from coming to church. I get that. There's going to be times that you are out of town with work. There's going to be times that you are on vacation. There's going to be times that sometimes people have to work to make ends meet. I get that. There's going to be times that you're going to have some kind of sickness. And please stay home. We don't want the funk, okay? Stay home. We get that. That's why we have an iCampus that you can watch the service. But don't use the iCampus as a way to be lazy and not come here and be a part of God's community. Are you with me? Everybody say yes. 
you know, the iCampus is simply for people to check out the church for the first time. Maybe you're checking out the church. You just moved here from all over the country. You're checking out the first time. And you're making sure that I'm not handling snakes. Please come. I don't handle snakes. They'll tell you, no snakes, right? Or they wouldn't be here. So they're checking it out for the first time. Or maybe you're out of town on vacation you're watching. Or maybe you're sick or whatever. But listen, we love, love, love seeing people in person. Can we scream and yell for all those people watching on the other side of that camera right now live? We love you. Come and see us next week, Father's Day, 9 and 1030. Yes. Yes, we love you. We love you. So, with that being said, you can download our app. You can watch it there. But don't use that as your church because it's really not nothing like being together with God's people. Etch down your corporate worship in stone. We've got to do it. Understand we are commanded to worship God daily. And when I worship him both daily and I worship him corporately, that's when everything begins to click in my life. That's when everything that I get the octane not only for successful living, but I get the octane for significant living in God. So I've got to be able to remember and respond, but also I need to reflect and refocus. You say, what do you mean? I think about what happened last week. This last week. I, I look at sometimes you look at things in your last six days. You do inventory. It's not fun. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. Sometimes it's ugly. There's things you need to change. There's things you need to do different from these past six days. There's things you're wanting to, to be able to move on from. This past Monday, I had a doctor's appointment. I normally, rarely have my wife go with me to the doctor, but I told her I wanted to get her to go to the doctor with me this time. And I was going to my heart surgeon down at Vanderbilt. I have aortic aneurysm on the candy cane part of my heart. I found out a few years ago. So I went down to have an echocardiogram for them to check it out. Well, after I do this ultrasound of it and they do the measurements and all, I go in to meet with my doctor. And she comes in and I say, hi, Dr. Levac. Has it grown any? And she just stared at me and she said, let's sit down and take a look. And when she looked at it, the report said that it had grown from 4.0 centimeters to 4.5 centimeters in two years, which is unheard of according to Dr. Leback. And she just wasn't happy with the report and we're sitting here stunned and don't realize what's going on and you know and Shanna's about to get emotional and I'm trying to be strong and, and she said I'm not happy with this at all she said I've never seen anything like this and she, she said we've got to get an intravenous CAT scan and I said can you do it today while we're down here you know gas is so cheap you know we just soon stay down here and have it done while we're down here you know I'm just being funny but um, they did get us in and I got to do an intravenous CAT scan. So she said, well, I won't be able to call you because I'm going out of town tomorrow. We're going on vacation. It'd be a week or so. And I'm thinking, this is not good. And so she said, we'll try to get in touch with you the can. So we go to lunch and Shanna's emotional and it's making me, you know me, I'm not emotional, but it, you know, but, but I was trying to be strong for her and we're praying and we're seeking God. People in my family praying, my kids praying. So I get that test, and then we're just all emotional mess. It's a Monday. So next thing I know, I get, uh, I get a message on my phone. It's Dr. Levac herself. She said, like I thought, it never did grow. And I'm thinking, why did we ever do the echocardiogram that's no good anyway? It has destroyed our lives. We're an emotional mess. I'm going to sue for that, that, that emotional distraughtness. I'm just kidding. But anyway, but 
I praise God. That's the answer of prayer. And I praise God. But sometimes Mondays go like that, right? Mondays go like that. And you're thinking, man, I hate Mondays sometimes, but Mondays proves faithful when we're seeking God with all we've got. We as a church want to help you get past your past. When you reflect what's gone on this past past week and we don't want you to allow your past to keep you from the future that God has for you. See, God's in your future. He's just waiting for you to get there. That's God. And, and so when we begin to reflect, we want to recalibrate. We want to rethink. We want to be able to, to rethink who we are. We want to be able to, to make the direction to be able to go and flow for God's glory. And open. But sometimes, you know, we just want to say, okay, God, help me in this next week. I'm not only going to reflect, but I need to refocus. God, help me. God, I need you to give me strength. God, lead me. Help strengthen me, God. Prepare me, God. Go before me, God. When we remember and we respond and we reflect and we refocus, it's all about understanding who God is. It's all about respecting his position. It's all about giving him priority. It's all about praising his holy name. It's all about giving him that day that he gave us for our lives. But one more R&R would really be the rest and recreation. Hebrews chapter 4 says here that God's promise of entering his rest still stands So we ought to tremble with fear that some of you might fail to experience it. For this good news that God has prepared this rest has been announced to us as it was to them. But it did them no good because they didn't share the faith of those who listened to God. For only we who believe can enter his rest. As for the others, God said, in my anger I took an oath. They will never enter my place of rest even though this rest has been ready since he made the world. Wow. Just like the people in Moses' day turned their backs on the promised land, these Jewish Christians may have been on the verge of turning their backs on their promised rest in Jesus Christ. You see, rest and recreation is about where you and I disengage our mind we disengage our bodies after our heartfelt worship with God's people we go out for the rest of this day and we begin to really think upon God and we praise God and we've honored God we're in a mindset of worshiping God we find that recreational pursuit also that relaxes us Maybe you want to take a walk in a park with your dog. Or maybe you want to take a ride through the countryside. Well, you might not take a ride right now. You might walk through the countryside. You need to get to work next week. Maybe it's time with family. Maybe it's fun with friends. Maybe it is fishing or golf. Whatever it is, playing with the kids, whatever. Find something. Listen to me closely. Find something today after this worship that presses tranquility into your souls. Find something that you do that's different. God said that he worked and then he did something different. What did he do? He rested. He rested. 
Sunday's the first day of the week, and, and we celebrate on Sunday. Why do we celebrate on Sunday? Because Christ came out of the grave on Sunday. It was the first day of the week, and we as believers and know that Jesus Christ came out of the tomb. We celebrate the Sabbath, and we celebrate that Jesus is the Lord of life, and Jesus is the Lord of our lives. And we're not going to let the break be at stake. We're not going to let the Sabbath suffer. We're going to praise Him. We're going to honor Him. We're going to find something of some R&Rs in our great God. To praise his holy name. You know, I think about church, and, and as a pastor, I pray and I seek God about what to do and how to reach people in our community. Our whole existence is to reach people to know God. But you know what's really cool? We have some, I have some of the greatest memories about God in the church. It's just unreal. My personal greatest memory is when I was in the back of a church that I grew up in at 12 years old and the pastor gave an invitation and asked for those that would like to give their life to Christ to come forward and I sat there and got emotional and our hands were sweating on the back of the pew and I was trying to wiggle my feet loose and I felt like that the enemy was standing on top of me and I kept trying to and finally I got loose and when I did I walked up front and I gave my life to Jesus Christ I'll never forget I've never been the same. I've never been perfect, but I've never been the same. I just keep pursuing his heart. I think about after I was blessed to marry Shanda and we had our own girls. I remember, like my parents, it was never a question, are we going to church? They, there was never a question in my mind, my parents, that's, where we, that's what we do on Sunday, unless we were out of town on vacation. And um, so that's what I built into my girls' life, all three of them. I remember Lily, our oldest, at nine years old. I was invited to go preach at a church on a Sunday night. And she got under conviction, and she sat on the back seat, the back pew. And I was an emotional mess, and, and my friend, the pastor, I sat there as he led her to the Lord and watched her give her life to Christ in the local church. I remember my middle daughter, India, the only other church I ever pastored up in Smith Grove, Kentucky, who pastored it for a year. Before we started Freedom Church, I remember preaching on a Sunday night in India. My middle daughter, five years old, come from the very back and come up and pray. She wanted to receive Jesus as her Lord and Savior. I remember after we started the church and we were meeting in the high school at Hendersonville, we were on our way to church one morning and Chloe had us pull over down here at Lock One because she wanted to pray and receive Jesus as her Lord so we prayed and she received Jesus as her Lord and now all of my daughters have their own families and their own kids that they're building Jesus into their life through the local church see the local church is the hope of the world because Jesus is the hope in the church that's why I love the local church so much and when you're hurting and you're broken and things aren't going right and you look to the local church you can come and find that hope you can find that rest from the strains of life you can find that relief of pain when life's hurting so bad and I love what Jesus said in Matthew 11 he said come to me all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens and I will give you rest take my yoke upon you let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy to bear and my burden I give you is life this is in reference to a yoke 
which would put over an ox's shoulder. And it was very heavy. But Jesus is saying that for us, sometimes our shoulders can't carry the load that you and I are under. Whether it's financial burdens or relational burdens or it's some kind of health burden or some kind of stress or struggle or strain or maybe just you're here and you're looking and your weariness and your hurting and your weariness and your search for God. Here's what I want to tell you. Christ's shoulders are much bigger than ours, much bigger than yours, and the pulling power is there for you, and God's Son wants to partner with you so you can get the true rest you need in Him no matter what life throws at you. That's what God's holy day is about. Would you stand with me as we pray? Heavenly Father, we praise your name today, and we thank you for this holy day. We thank you that you made this day for us to benefit from, dear God. I pray, God, right now, Lord, that you will minister and touch the hearts through the power of the Spirit, God, to each one here this day. Bless their lives, touch their lives, and help them, God. Maybe you're there and you're praying and you're looking in your heart and you're hurting. And maybe there's pain of the past or there's pain of the present or you're facing some kind of pain in the future. We're going to do something special today. I'm going to ask Pastor Adam and I'm going to ask uh, Pastor Wes to meet me up here. And uh, we're going to have some time of prayer up front here. There's no greater place that you can come to to be able to pray than here. And I'm going to invite you, don't let the devil stand on your feet. If there's something you need to pray about that you're hurting about and your shoulders are hurting from whatever it is, whether it's financial or relational or professional or your health or whatever it is we want to pray with you maybe you know that you've never given your life to Christ like I was that day I want to ask you to come up here we want to pray with you we want to pray for you Heavenly Father I pray Lord and rebuke Satan in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to give people the freedom to come and pray in Jesus name we pray amen come right on church
Father, thank you. Thank you for the power of prayer. Thank you for this house. Thank you for this church that I'm privileged and honored to be a part of. So is all of us. God, may we never, ever make your break you give us to be at stake. May we never allow that Sabbath to suffer. Remember and respond. May we reflect and refocus. May we rest and recreate, God. Ultimately giving you the honor, the praise, and the glory. You're a good God. Thank you for your holy day you've given to us to benefit from. Right now, God. Maybe you're here and you've never given your life to Christ. And we're continuing to pray. If that's you today and you're like me, would you just... People are praying. Just lift your hand real high and say, I've never given my life to Christ, and I need to. Give the strength. Just lift your hand real high and say, I need to give my life to Christ. I know I do. Don't let the enemy cheat you out of that blessing. Just lift your hand real high and say, I need to pray to receive Jesus as Lord of my life. Father, right now, in Jesus' name, God, I thank you, Lord, for each one that's here, those that's online, God, praying, God. Salvation in you is what you give us through your shed blood at the cross of Calvary. Thank you for giving your life for each of us. May we pray in forgiveness of sin, God. Be born again in you. Bless each one here, God, and find us faithful to live for you. May we give you honor and glory on this beautiful day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's give our great God praise, honor, and glory. Okay, we're going to go into a time of giving to our great God and 
we get to do that and that's what I say we get to do it and we're so thankful to be able to do that and as you're preparing to be able to give whether it's electronically or tangibly as you leave with our ushers thank you for your faithful giving to Freedom Church that we can continue our existence of reaching people to know God locally globally and everywhere in between as you prepare to do that if you would if you gave your life to Christ today let us know that by marking a card on out of the back of the seat and dropping that in there we'll follow up with you as you pray to receive Christ or you've come back to him we'd love to help you in your journey of spiritual growth in him also if you're here and you're brand new today thank you for coming today uh, there's many great churches out there in our community but we thank you for your presence here and if you would take a card out of the back of the seat fill it out as much as you feel comfortable with take it out the info desk and give it to them they're going to give you a gift to commemorate this day that you came to Freedom Church thank you so much and also I challenge you if you would as I always do um, give us a three-peat that is give us three weeks three Sundays to check it out it's as if it's going to be the church for you if not we'll help you find the church it is for you because everyone needs a church family so God bless you I'm going to pray over the offering and as I do I have one thing to tell you and then we will let you go father we love you we praise you and we honor you thank you for this privileged honor of being in your house today God as we come to give back God a portion of our finances to you and we worship your holy name use that to be able to honor your holy name that we're obedient to be able to do that that we can continue reaching people to know you in this community and beyond thank you for that multiplied in Jesus name we pray amen all right, once again, next week is Father's Day. Got a great day planned for all the dads. How many, I know some of you know a dad that's not part of church and a family that's not part of church. How many of you know somebody needs a church family? Raise your hand. All right, bring them with you next week. We're going to have a great time in the Lord. Love to be able to meet them and have that and celebrate all the dads. Other than that, I hope you have an amazing rest of the day. Shannon and I will be over there around the coffee shop. If we've never met you, love to meet you. Other than that, bring somebody with you next week. We love you. God bless you.